Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. And, you know, we all got that certain person in your life that you know for years and they seen you go through shit and you see them go through shit and this is one of them shows that I want to explain to people as you get older if you can you have to be there for your parents. This is my friend for over 20, 30 years and I've seen him go through so much and his mother was ill and she was weak and probably close to death. But this young man's love was so strong and so amazing that his mom is doing so well because he took the time to put everything to the side and made it about his mom. Let me repeat it. He made it about his mother. Now, some of you people out here don't like your parents or whatever, but to the people who do like your parents, I'm going to show you and share with you a story about a, a young man who takes care of his mom. His mom is doing well. She's getting stronger. She's getting better. And I want you all to, um, I want to introduce the world to you, a good friend, Richard Durden from New Jersey, a.k.a. Wiggy. And my man is just a, a solid dude. What up, player? What's up? What's up? How you doing, Mr. Kirkland? Uh, it's good to talk to you. I'm glad I could get you on the show with your such busy schedule. Man. And 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 here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Not only does he take care of his mom, a fly-ass nigga, anything you want, far as sneakers, um, pants, shirts, this nigga can find it anywhere in the world. This particular introduced me to my first $1,000 pair of jeans and $1,500 shoes and sneakers, you know. You pretty much could say he was my wardrobe guy. He, he, he gave me the spark, and I took off from there because I always had the money, but I always dressed like um, Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> so what up, Pep? Nothing much, man. I'm just over here staying busy, making sure yeah, everything's so taken care of. Cool. Now, your mom was in the hospital, and... He was on vacation out of the country. You came back, and you're just doing your thing for your mom. So what What motivates you to do that, Wiggy? Like, what what, what takes you there, you know, to you do know, everything, it, to give her a bath? It started off maybe right before COVID, and my sister told me, you don't live anymore for yourself. You live for your mom. And I'm like, I couldn't understand it. Like, I know I could, I live for my mom, but what about you? What about my other brother? What about my, you know, my, my other, my other little brother? Like, why do I live for my mom? But it's almost like it's been designated through the family that I am the one who right. I look after and takes care of my mom. I've always been that way. I've lived all over the country, but simultaneously, I've always maintained a residence at my mom's house. Right. So I would always be living in L.A., but I would come home. If my mom got a doctor's appointment. I would come home. I live in Miami. My mom has something to do. I, I fly home. So it's always been a part of my journey that I have to make a stop at my home base 
before I do anything. And I, with that came the responsibility of looking after my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one time when she got sick. This is even before she got sick now. This is the first time I ever seen my mother in distress mode. Um, someone called me from her job and said, your mom is in the hospital. I stopped everything drove to the hospital in uh, Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and my mom had a nervous breakdown. That nervous breakdown almost made me have a nervous breakdown because I'd never seen anybody in that state before, and I, I, I wanted to cry, but I held it together because I needed to see what was wrong and what I had to do to get my mother back to normal. So that mm-hmm. was my first uh, interaction or involvement with my mother not being well. Right. Years ago. But Mm -hmm. recently, COVID came. I decided that I didn't need to be in the house with my mother during COVID because I run the streets. I'm out. I'm partying. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm involved with so many people. So I didn't want to be the one who introduced COVID-19 to my mom. Right. So COVID lasted longer than I thought. So... At during the end of COVID, maybe not even during the end of COVID, but this January, this December, my mom went into the hospital. I said, "Mate, I need to make my way home." She she went to the hospital. This is serious. She went from the hospital to a rehab, and then the day she got out of rehab is the day that I came home, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, look what COVID did to my mom." Because I hadn't seen her through the whole time of COVID. My mom mm-hmm. weighed almost a hundred pounds. Um, she was just so stressed out, and everything was in disarray in the in the home because no one had been here to check up on her like normally. People would mm-hmm. come by and check up on her and say hi, how you doing? But COVID made my mom have the. Uh, she was like, I'm I, not shell shocked. I'm not the word, but she had cabin fever. So everything that my mom needed, she would Uber eat. Uh, um, the other one, when they go get the groceries for you at the store, everything was order in, order in. Amazon boxes, I could, it was so many Amazon boxes in the house I couldn't get in the door. And it was being that there was nobody here to take care of her, and she was too fragile to even break down the boxes. It was like, what's going on? Like nobody would even take the time to say, okay, let me uh, – clean up this house a little bit. Let me break down some of these boxes because people will only come by to say, hey, how you doing? You okay? Not caring about the atmosphere, how it was an unhealthy environment. Mm-hmm. So fast mm-hmm. forward, she got out of the hospital um, January 19th on my birthday. I came home and I said, oh, Mom, I'm going to get you back in shape. I said, no more of this Uber Eats, no more of this Instacart, no more of this Amazon we're going to get you back to shape. We're going, to, we're going to start going out to the stores and putting on a mask and protect ourselves. I made sure that I was vaccinated before I came home, and I also mm-hmm. made sure that she was fully vaccinated. So it was less chance of me bringing something to my mom because during the pandemic, I lost my grandmother that way. My grandmother was living with my aunt, and my aunt was going to work and came back home and, and, so, and sequentially she, I know that's the wrong word, but consequentially, she brought COVID home to my grandmother. My grandmother passed amongst wow. other il- il- illness, illnesses that she mm-hmm. may have had. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back. 
So I wanted to make sure that my mom was safe and I was safe too. So I said, let me get vaccinated. Even when I came home, I was like, I didn't even want to be around my mom without wearing my mask for like a week. I was like, I was so scared. And she was so frail from just coming out of the hospital and rehab. I was like, what can I do? So I stopped all of the Instacarts. I stopped all the Amazon, the Uber Eats. I said, Mom, we got to get you to health. So I said, listen, we're going to go to the grocery store. My mother could barely walk. She went from before COVID, she was dancing. You know, I would talk to her here and there. She said, I have to use a cane now. Then mm-hmm. maybe a, a, a year later, she said, I have a, I have a walker now. I was like, oh, what is going on? But I was so scared to bring COVID home, and I was running the streets, and I was just being a, you know, a wild guy. I was like, I don't, I'll just come home when I, when I necessarily have to. Right. So, by the time I got home, my mother had changed. It was like, wow, she got old overnight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I had to retrain her how to walk, to go to the grocery store, and me being so patient, my mom. A grocery store trip that would usually take 20 minutes would take an hour and a half. And I'm like in the phone, in the store, on my phone, texting, YouTubing, Bluetoothing, Instagramming, TikToking, not even paying attention to my mom really needs my help. So right. I had to really put all that aside and pay attention and make sure that my mom is okay. So I'm nursing her back to health. She got sick again since I came home. So I was home from January 19th to February 19th. She went back into the hospital. She woke up one morning and told me, son, I need your help. I cannot get out of bed. I don't have enough strength. So I didn't know what to do. And my sister, being a physician, I usually call her for advice. Uh This time I said, let me just try to handle this. I said, mom, if you can't, operate or function by noon, I'm taking you to the hospital. Noon came. She was still in the same state. I had gave her breakfast, uh, took her to the bathroom, made sure she cleaned up, and she said, I can't do it. I said, okay, we're going to the emergency room. From that point there, she stayed in the hospital for about three weeks, and she got worse and worse and worse. It was like something is going wrong. She had an infection that wouldn't leave in the hospital, couldn't find it. So, and I was like, what is going on? Every day I'm at the hospital, 8 o'clock in the morning, till the right. hour was over, 8 o'clock at night, all day. One day they overdosed my mom. I, I can't go into the long, long version of it, but they overdosed right. my mom. And I said, you can't stay here any longer because she was getting, she was getting worse in the hospital than mm-hmm. she was at home. So at that point, I told my sister to come in because she was a physician. I said, well, right, let's, right. let's try to get mom home. And the hospital main thing was, let's drug her up more, keep her sedated, and send her to rehab. So my mother just came from rehab, and she adamantly told me that she didn't want to go back to the rehab. The people there didn't treat her human. You know, you're, right. you're like, get over there, do this, do that. They didn't really take care of you. It was more like... I'm coming in to do my eight hours. Uh, I hope you're okay. Um, if you got to go to the bathroom, you're, you're on your own. Wow. So the whole thing is like I can't let her go back to rehab. And now my life is on full pause. I've been in the hospital since February 19th. Every day I stop working. 
I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't, how can I live my life and live my mom's life at the same time? It was mm-hmm. like a 24-hour job. Right. But it wasn't a choice. It wasn't something that I, I had to make. It was just a, an adjustment because I wasn't going to leave her no matter what, but it was adjustment. Right. I had to make mentally that this is your job now. This is what you have mm-hmm. to do. So it just it's it's like uh, parental instincts kicked in the same way that my mother took care of me when I was a kid. I had to do the same thing. So okay. now, fast forward, we get her home. My mom couldn't walk. I wheeled her to the car, put her in the car, physically put her in the car, drove her home. I had to physically pick my mom up, bring her in the house, put her in the, in the bed, and that that began this my stage of taking care of my mom, just like she took care of me when I came home from the hospital when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. So I had to start feeding her, bathing her, clothing her. And, it, and and as a guy, I didn't know how to handle it. My sister stayed with me for about five days to help my mom out. And then my sister, she knows she has a family. She doesn't have the lifestyle that I have that can afford me to just stop everything and keep going. She had to go back home to her family, her husband, and her her, her business. So right. here I am taking care of my mom. My sister left. My mom has to use the bathroom. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I, I literally have to wipe my mom. My mom has to take a shower. I have to put her in the shower and clean her. It's like something that I, I never expected that I had to do. Right, and I, I'm doing it out of uh, that's what you're supposed to do, and it wasn't nothing to me. But when I think about it, I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting here bathing my mother, I'm wiping my mother's butt, I'm feeding her like a baby, and going through it every day. My, I have a new schedule. I get up six thirty in the morning, make her breakfast, bring her. I don't. She doesn't go into the bathroom anymore. I have to bring her toothbrush and her toothpaste to her. So she can barely hold it up because she was so weak to brush her teeth. Had to go through that. And that lasted for about two weeks right. and until she got enough strength to say, okay, Mom, you can go to the bathroom now and brush your teeth. So it's like an ongoing thing. Now she's walking. Wow. She doesn't walk on her own still, but she can get up out of bed with help, and I can walk her to the restroom instead of carrying her because mm-hmm. it, it was like, I'm carrying my mom to the to the bathroom, and the way that my house is designed, the restroom doors are smaller than the bedroom doors. I'm like, how do they design houses like this? Now you you, you think about this this design factor now when you're looking at homes, like a a door has to be wide enough for you to be able to carry someone in there or a wheelchair right. to go in there. But the way houses are designed, a wheelchair can't fit in my bathroom door, so I had to mm-hmm. carry my mom into the bathroom, and it's just. She's better now. She's she's getting up on her own. She's telling me that she needs to go to the bathroom. I still have to be there with her, but it's, I don't have to carry her anymore. I'm right. feeding her now. I'm cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I didn't know how to cook. The only thing I knew how to cook prior to this was probably a boiled egg and some cinnamon nah. toast crunch. Nah. Now I'm cooking uh, egg sandwiches with turkey bacon and, and oatmeal and all kinds of fresh cut fruit and home squeezed orange juice and smoothies and I, I fried uh, fish. It's so many things that I did that I never had to do and now I'm doing now. It's like I, I, I became a parent to my mom. 
Like mm-hmm. she's the child now, and I'm the parent. But you know, there's so much more into it. I could go on and on, but for the most part, I just want you guys to know that you have to be there for your parents, no matter what. This is my job now. Right. This right. is my main focus point of my life is making sure that my mom's okay. I've lived the life right. enough that I don't have to want to go out to a party, a club, or buy these expensive clothes or anything like that. It's just the number one thing is take care of my mom. I, I, mm-hmm. I hope that it came across the way I wanted it to come across, telling the story, but there's so much more to it. But, you know, that's just basically it. My story. Yeah, because I was sitting here and I'm like, I was thinking about you. I said, you know what? Let me share this information with the world because they need this. They need to hear this. They need to hear somebody go through it. Cause like like he was saying, ladies and gentlemen, ain't nobody tried. Like I travel, and this motherfucker travels just as much as me. And he'll go to he he can go to L.A. three times in one week. Come go there on Monday, stay for a day, go back on Thursday, and be back to L.A. by Sunday. That's how this man's traveling and. We are losing the respect for our parents. We're losing morals. We're losing affection and caring for our elders. And this is the reason I had to get you on here, Wiggy, because when you read, the um, studies have shown that as parents get older, kids are just taking their parents to assisting living homes and retirement homes, just putting them in there and do not come to see them at all. They like put them away like they don't even exist anymore. You know, I had the opportunity, I didn't want to cut you off, to see stuff Mm -hmm. like that because those 17 days that I was in a hospital, three weeks I was in a hospital, I seen people get dropped off and nobody look after them. The, the, I sat with my mother all day, every day, as much as possible until they kicked me out of the hospital every day. And I would see right. other people in the room, it was a shared room, that wouldn't have no any help. And it, it was crazy how these people would bring my mother a meal. My mother was didn't eat. I, she, she didn't eat or she ate enough food in three weeks for one day. Wow. I would try to feed her, but she just wasn't eating. But the hospital staff would bring the food in, come back two hours later, and pick the food up, never saying, uh, are you okay? Do you want anything else? Nothing. They would just pick the food up. And if I wasn't there, God, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that I was, I was able to say, listen, she's not eating at all, and I'm trying to feed her. She's not eating. These people would just pick the food up, drop it off, pick it up, not caring, not charting it, not making any notifications like, okay, we have to do something to get this woman to eat. And up mm-hmm. until I told them that, yo, this is really a problem because I'm feeding her, and it was like she would eat a little bit. She had no energy. So I'm just telling you that you, even when you take your parents or your loved one to the hospital, you have to be there with them because these people in these institutions do not care at all. I, t- I promise you they don't. And they know they don't care. It's like maybe it's because of COVID, they're understaffed. I don't know. But the care that they gave my mother was uh, horrible. And I'm thinking wow. 
that because I live in a nice area, it's a shiny brand new hospital, everything's all new and computer technology and everything. These people did not care. It was like a a, a brand new Bentley engine. It looked nice mm-hmm. on the outside, but as soon as you lift up the hood, you're like, this is nothing but a Ford. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. just how the hospital was. It was nice. It was pretty. But, no, they didn't take care of my mom at all. It's good to hear, it's good to share this story with everybody, um, Wiki, because um, years ago, I used to always tell you, one of my friends, um, her name was Quanta Baptiste, and she used to always tell me that um, a lot of doctors are incompetent in this country and nurses are incompetent who are running these hospitals and these nursing homes. They don't have the proper training. They have nothing. So basically, too, ladies and gentlemen, your health is wealth. You have to take care of yourself. I mean, things happen, accidents happen, but you got to eat good. You got to take care of yourself. You got to have the same thing that you put in your body, you got to feed your mind right. The same nutrition that you put in your body, you got to put in your mind the same you got to put your body on a diet, so to speak. Even to television, the things that you watch can affect your body. The things that you hear can affect your mood and your health. So you got to move around this, this, your life knowing that everything is about health. Everything is about taking care of yourself so you don't end up in the hospital. You can end up strong. But once you go in there, you may not come out. You may not have the love or the strength to bring you out, and that's the reason why I put him on the on this podcast this week because I've seen his mom be weak and getting stronger and getting healthier. And the most important thing, he makes her laugh. You gotta find, you gotta have a sense of humor when you're in there too. When you go visit, ladies and gentlemen, if you know, if you're not. You're not the person that um, is funny. Bring somebody with you that can break the tension in the room because laugh is everything. Because I used to hear him on the in the car when I call, and they go on grocery shopping, and he will be talking to her, his mom, and she is laughing her ass off, um, which I thought was very powerful because laughter can bring you health and keep you in a right positive mind because I know after my family had passed away I think doing the stand being a stand-up comedian truly has helped me deal with the bullshit of that because I never had time to think man you've been around me since when everybody passed away Wiggy you've mm-hmm. been everybody either all the way down to David right rolls over it's just a um a good thing to have laughter, it's a good thing to have love, it's a good thing to have somebody there for you that you can depend on. And ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing, unless you die instantly, you're gonna have these things come through your life, death and having to take take care of someone. Hopefully that's in you to do. Because everybody can't do it. And if you can't do it, find somebody who can for you. If you go, if you put your family in the hospital, please go visit them and sit with them. 
when you get off work and go back to work. Or you got family, brothers and sisters, and everybody everybody has to help. If people sometimes live in other states, they don't they leave that to one person and they never help, Wiggy. You know, I'm quite sure you know all them stories. Mm-hmm. They never come help. You gotta come help, you know, so that's the reason why I had to share this with the world with you, fam. I wanted to give you your flowers because what you're doing is notable, and that's for real. I appreciate it, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I was able to tell a story. Yeah. So now what are your intentions? Like, now, how, how do you prepare each day? Is every, is every day planned, or you just go with the flow? I have a schedule. I don't. I, want, I wouldn't say it's planned, but I have a schedule mm-hmm. that I stick stick to. I, okay, get down to that. So I wake up between 6 and 6.30. I, I, I let her know that it's time to get up. Um, being that she has um, incontinence, I have to take her to the bathroom. She has to wear a depend, so I have to change that depend. So in between mm-hmm. 6.30 and 7.30, she's basically uh, cleaning up, brushing her teeth, washing her face. Now she can do that on her own. So at that point, I began preparing her breakfast. I prepare her breakfast, feed her, then bathe her, uh, put some clothes on her. Then I let she she does what she does normally. She's a retired adult, so she watches TV, uh, reads the Bible, you know, keeps herself busy throughout the day. If she has a doctor appointment, she uh, goes to the doctor appointment. I have a physical therapist that comes in at nine o'clock. Have an occupational therapist that comes in at ten o'clock. So basically, she eats breakfast, washes up. Nine o'clock physical therapist, ten o'clock occupational therapist. She has a break for an hour or so. Then I feed her lunch between twelve thirty and one thirty. So okay. in between those times, I'm cooking, cleaning, changing her linen on her bed, all of these things I'm doing, and getting ready for lunch. Then after lunch, um, she's watching soap operas, TV, or we may go to the store. Okay. And then from then about four, between about five o'clock, I get ready for dinner. I start preparing for dinner. Um, a lot of times, I order food and prepare for dinner. We eat dinner around seven o'clock. Then from seven o'clock, she watches TV. To about eight thirty, then I prepare her for bed. Then I prepare her for bed. She goes to sleep about ten o'clock, between nine thirty and ten o'clock. Then I start um, doing the things I need, need to do for myself. This is wow. about ten o'clock at night. This is the first time I get to do stuff for myself. I may take a wow. shower, get dressed, or do some work on the computer, uh, uh, wash my clothes, and try to go to sleep. Now, mind you, in between this whole day, because of my mom's illness, I have to take her to the bathroom every two hours. So in between me doing everything that I want to do, I have to take a break every two hours to take her to the bathroom and change her uh, depend. So it's like a 24-hour job. It's nonstop. It's a long day. Say it again. Everybody's not built for that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how come I'm 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 sharing this with the world because I want them to start getting their mind right to understand. Because we're getting older now. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really tough. I had to adjust so many things. I'm just thinking of so many things that I did, that I 
did to help me out. Because my house is a pretty big, I had to install a camera in my mom's room and a monitor in my room, like a baby mom baby monitor, because I didn't have a break running up and down the stairs. So now I put a monitor in her room with a motion sensor on it. So if I'm in my bedroom or anywhere, it, the motion sensor, it alerts the monitor I have in my bedroom or on my phone. So if I'm outside in the yard, I'll get a, 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 a alert, a notification. I look at it, and I can see that my mom is moving and what she's doing in her bedroom. So it's like I had to I had to buy that because I was like, how can I get sleep? I'm, I can't hear her when she called me. So I had to I had to like what am I going to do? So I bought this monitor. Thanks to uh, Amazon, they definitely helped me out with this um, Amazon Echo Show. Right. And the blink the blink monitor that right there saved me so much um, confusion because I I was I wasn't able to do everything like I wanted to do and it was like it gave me a little break. Okay, now I can sit in my room and not worry about what's going on. Mm-hmm. At one point prior to me uh, getting the monitors. My mom fell out of bed. I come up Whoa. to her bedroom. She's in the middle of the floor. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, how? I didn't hear this. Right. How did I miss this? So that one, that's what made me get the monitors. Cause so now if she moves, she turns over. It automatically alerts. It doesn't alert me when I'm sleeping. It doesn't alert me with with just a buzz. The monitor comes on, and there's a picture of her, what she's doing, with night vision and everything. So if the lights are all out, I can. It still alerts me. It comes on and shows me what's going on. So that's one of oh. the things that saved me or, or helps me take care of my mom. Now, what kind of camera is that? Let's tell everybody what kind of camera is that. The camera is called a Blink camera, and it's hooked up. It's all Amazon products, and it's hooked up to an Echo Show. So Amazon Echo Show with a Blink camera. Okay. And, and it's it's all pretty much wireless. Only thing you have to plug the camera in. They have wireless ones that you don't have to plug in, but the camera I have, okay. you plug it into the wall and you point it at wherever you want. And the Echo Show is like a um, like an Amazon product which has a a TV on it, and it does more than just uh, like a baby baby monitor. I can watch movies on it, text, all kinds of stuff. But my function for it is a monitor, but it does more than that. So it's an Amazon Echo Show and a Blink camera. That is will save you if you have kids, a dog, an elderly, elderly parent, or if you want to watch what's going on outside of your house, these cameras work, and they work incredible. It's like, wow. A motion uh, detector is like, wow, I can see everything that's going on. Man, yo. Now, how do you manage the, the, the medicine that you give your mom? Because sometimes people have these accidents where they create poison by combining the wrong medications. How do you organize that as well? So I have a lot of help with the medication, being that my sister is a physician. And right now, at the point my mom is, we're trying, to, or we're not trying, we have weaned her off of all uh, Western medication. So the okay. only thing that she was taking that was prescribed was a pill, an iron pill for her blood. Everything else that she takes is natural medicine, vitamins, protein, minerals. I don't even know everything, but, you know, I have, you know, my sister helped me with, like, these are the medicines, medications that she takes. Make sure she gets them at this time. 
and that's it. So that was that's my help with the medication. But Western medication, Western medicine, pills, they sedate people. They take them away from who they are. It's not like that. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor, but from my point, it doesn't heal her. It just masks whatever is going on. So it's good that she's off of all medications right now. So I don't really have to worry about medications that much. Every now and again, she may get sick and have to take a uh, some type of pill from the from the doctor, but that's that's very rare. It's all okay. really um, natural medicine. Man, and, because, and, and okay, I'm sorry. Because that's one of the things that happened when she was in the hospital when she was overdosed. They gave her a cannabis pill, and they was like, "This is an experimental medicine," because she wasn't eating. So they gave her a cannabis pill to suppress, or not to suppress, but to make her eat. But my right. mother, I came in the, the, that morning around 8.30. She was in a stupor. I was like, yo, what is going on? She couldn't even lift her head up. She was so high. And she, wow. because she weighed only 97 pounds, they given her double dose of antibiotics and a cannabis pill. It's that threw her off. That's part of the story. I didn't even tell you guys how the hospital overdosed her on the drugs. But wow. man, it was it's it's been a, a journey. Man, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. I hope this has inspired you guys to a point that you understand what it takes, what you need to do, and how powerful family is and how powerful love is. Let's please take care of our our mothers and our dads and our grandparents, if you can. I know it's not for everybody, but it's not for you. That's somebody who's truly capable of doing it, doing it. Because I know, you know, some families are where they, um, there's a hit agenda. They won't let the mother go to the other family members due to thinking that they're going to miss out on something or they're not going to be in the will or they can't get what they want. But it's it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, it's definitely about family. And I want to say thank you for allowing me to call you. Because you didn't know I was going to call you. No, you I didn't. Was, I didn't. Yeah, you didn't but... know I was going to do it. Like I said, when we talked earlier about some other things, and I'm sitting here um, doing some work, I said, let me call him right now. And I'm glad you called back because I was getting ready to call uh, this other gentleman and uh, other young lady to put them on the show. And I said, you know, I'm going to put them on the back burner this week and show you some love. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Richard Durr. Tell me your handle, fam, so people who listen to this um, episode can reach out to you to um, praise you and give you your flowers as well. I appreciate it. Well, all my handles on social media, Twitter, Snapchat, or Instagram is WiggyLife, W-I-G-G-Y-L-I-F-E. If anybody needs any help or any guidance, if they're going through this situation, reach out to me, DM me, let me know. I'll definitely help you out. There's so many things that I skipped out in the story, how to, I, I built a relationship with now with her insurance um, uh, handler, like Aetna. Now, I talk to people from Aetna call me every day to make sure mm-hmm. everything's going on. So there's so many different aspects of that that I left out, but that was one of the big things Like now I, I know about healthcare and insurance and what you need to do. So if anybody needs any help, tips, 
holler at me. Again, it's at Wiggy Life, W-I-G-G-Y-L-I-F-E, Instagram, Twitter, Snap, everything. So just holler at me. Yeah, it's, it's man, it's just a, um, a true blessing to know that I can do this. And ladies and gentlemen, on that note, too, we got to keep it laughter. we got to keep it uh, entertained. So let me explain something to you, and here we go. You know, I'm all over the world these days, you know. So um, what I'm going to tell you, if you're in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, this Saturday, April 23rd, man, this year has gone by so fast. Um, check me out at the Paradise um, Bistro Bar and Grill in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. For tickets and more information, call 340-642-1002. Them repeat it, 340-642-1002. That's on the 23rd of next week. Then on April 28th, it goes down, ladies and gentlemen, my U.K. tour, London, all right? Um... London is going to be April 28th at the um, London 26th, Leak, L-E-A-K-E, Leak Street. Make sure you get your tickets. Saturday, April April 30th, check me in Nottingham, all right? And then on, one second, the call came through, ladies and gentlemen. Had to put this to voicemail. Then on, on Saturday, April 30th, Nottingham, and then Sunday, May 1st, Birmingham. All right, for tickets in the U.K., make sure you go to www.rdcj.net. Again, www.rdcj.net. It's the T.K. Kirkland Tour in London, the U.K., Nottingham, Birmingham, Thursday, April 28th, Saturday, April 30th. Sunday, May 1st. Oh, my God. It's going to be off the chain. Ladies and gentlemen, to all my friends around the world, in London, to um, Dubai, Australia, Japan, uh, Egypt, um, South America, all over the world. I want to thank you all for showing T.K. Kirkland, man, love. Anybody that's going through these things in America and around the world, um, tell everybody about this podcast, the T.K. Kirkland podcast. And if you're going through these issues, reach out to my man. He can try to help you out, all right? And that's my man, Richard Durden, a.k.a. Wiggy, a.k.a. Wiggy for Life. Yo, thank Yo. you, player. Thank you for calling, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, too. And to the world, may your pain be champagne. Make sure you follow T.K. Kirkland on Instagram at T.K. underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.